Father, we come celebrating you this morning, celebrating the promise keeper. And we come to celebrate the promise that you kept. It's not just God for us, not just God with us, it's God in us. And we thank you for the day of Pentecost, when the, the day in which the church was birthed. And that's the promise you made. And with you, God, a promise made is a promise kept. And we celebrate you, our great God, today. And glorify your great name, King of kings and Lord of lords. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 We're so glad you're here. Today is Pentecost. And if you don't know what that uh, means or anything about it, well, let me just uh, share with you a little background. In Jewish festivals, they would have Passover. And Passover is where each family would take a, a lamb and they would bring that lamb and sacrifice it for the covering of the sins of that family. Well, it happened to be that God would use Jewish feasts and festivals and holidays to do uh, uh, greater things. Amen. He's always doing greater things. Amen. And so it happened to be on Passover that Jesus came. And just as John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, remember with the Passover, with the Jewish holiday, each family would bring a lamb and that lamb would be brought to the priest and sacrificed. And that would be a covering over of the sins of the people. But with Jesus, just as John said, he takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So on Passover, uh, Jesus uh, came to be our sacrificial lamb in order that our sins might be removed, not just covered over. And now we celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. And God would use that holiday festival, which is also known as the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of the First Fruits, in which they were celebrating the, the first harvest. And, and he would use that holiday in which there were many people in Jerusalem on that day to bring forth the promise of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, remember I said, even in my prayer, that, that in the Old Testament, it was good news to hear that God was for us. In the Gospels, it is good news to find out there's an Emmanuel, God, with us. But there was still a promise. A promise of God will be within us. And so this is uh, that promise kept. Turn with me to the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 24, and verse 49, this is... Uh, after the crucifixion of Jesus, after the resurrection of Jesus, and he's preparing his disciples uh, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so he, he's saying, now, you're going to go out and you're going to do the great things of the kingdom of God, but I, I need you first to uh, make sure you get the equipping. And so in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, 49 says, behold, I send the what? You notice that promise is capitalized. That's because it's a person. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The person of the Holy Spirit. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are, catch this, endued with power from on high. Endued with power from on high. Now, if you'll turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1. We have, uh, by the way, Luke wrote the gospel according to Luke. Luke wrote the book of Acts. And, uh, and so we have the same event 
and, and being spoke of again in chapter one, verse four, and being assembled together. Everybody say together. together. It's important, you know. It's important. And maybe we have people watching online right now and we love you. God bless you. Uh, maybe they're sick and, and, and are unable to get out of the house. And, and we, we thank God that we have a, an ability to stay connected with our online congregation. But it is so important to gather together. Yes. Amen. Yes. I, I just informed this week. I didn't realize it. But uh, when, when COVID pandemic struck, uh, we, we went ahead and went along with the suggestion of our governor and we... And uh, we stopped meeting together. And I forgot how long we stopped meeting together. And, 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 and I just tell you, it won't happen again. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I was trying to, you know, trying to, be, trying to be cooperative. We stopped a grand total of two weeks. <laughs> we did. And said, enough's enough. We're back together because it's important to be together. Amen. It's important to be together. And so they gathered together in verse four and being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked they come together. There's that word again. They asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? <clears throat> this is funny to me, <clears throat> a little frustrating that uh, Jesus had to be frustrated. His disciples, he's been teaching about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And they were recognizing that there, there's some deep principles to the kingdom. And they, all they can think about is, will Israel be restored to sovereignty again? Can we come out from under Roman uh, occupation again? Will, will the kingdom of Israel be restored again? And so they are so short-sighted, but the fact of the matter is they did not have the spiritual capacity to see beyond their current circumstances. Even though he taught them and he told them, but they did not have the spiritual capacity to see beyond their circumstances. But that's about to change. And they said, is it time for you to restore the kingdom of Israel? Verse seven, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons. Thank you. To know the time or the seasons which the father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Yeah. Amen. That's exactly what he told them in Acts in, in the book of Luke. Hang out here till you receive the power. You're going to need the equipping. Yeah. Amen. Now, I think it's interesting that, that the Lord could have done this anyway. I mean, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He can be at any place at any time. And it could have been that there, there was this little family and their household. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell upon them in that household. And, and maybe there was a church service going over there and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. But he said, no, 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 no. I want you all together. I want you all together for this event. And so they were there together. And he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> he said, it's going to happen. You need to get ready for it. So chapter two, verse one, when the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. That's what Pentecost means. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, <clears throat> they were all with one accord. Everybody say one accord. <clears throat> and that's not just a little bitty car. <laughs> that is being in unity. It is being united together. So it wasn't enough that they're just together. 
they were in unity. Amen. They were all in one accord. In one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. That would have been awesome if the air conditioning would just kicked on right then. That would have been cool. We should plan that. <laughs> and there was a sound of heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I've mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it again. It's significant, the little flame of fire above the head of every individual. And the days of the wilderness wanderings as Moses constructed the tabernacle. And that tabernacle would move throughout the wilderness. Above the Ark of the Covenant was a pillar of fire. It was, a, it was a, a, a significant thing because as that fire moved, they moved. As that fire stayed, they stayed. And that fire was a, 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 a presence, the presence of God. And then as Solomon builds the temple, uh, there again, there's the, the fire. And, and right over the Ark of the Covenant, there's this pillar of fire as pictured. God's here. God's here. This is the temple of God. God's here. And now here in the book of Acts, every one of them was the temple of God. That's the picture you're seeing, the fire above their head. In the book of 1 Corinthians, he says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? If within you, this is now the Ark of the Covenant. I dwell upon the throne of your heart. And he says, you now are the temple of God. God doesn't just dwell among men, he dwells in us. Amen. And so on that day, then comes the wind, in comes the fire. And this is, says, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to look at uh, what happens. They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And uh, now remember, the city of Jerusalem is filled because they're there for a festival and a holiday. And so there's people everywhere. And all of a sudden this breaks out and people start talking languages. And uh, folks are thinking, what in the world is going on? And, and, and somebody has a good explanation. They got to be drunk. I don't know how many drunks y'all been around. A few. <laughs> a few. I have never been around a drunk and all of a sudden he start, start speaking German. <laughs> or Spanish. Or any other language other than gibberish and slobber and slurring. <clears throat> but they're speaking real languages. The people said, oh, somebody said they, they got to be drunk. Now, my question is, are you stupid? <laughs> I, this, is, this, is more, this is more than the spirits. This is the spirit. And so Peter stands up and says, hey, they ain't drunk. This is not, not drunk. This is of God. And he quotes the, song, the, 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 the prophecy of Joel in chapter 2, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Amen? Peter says, this is the answer to the promise. This is the promise fulfilled. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And by the way, I, I like to say that mine are still visions. <laughs> you might catch that later. <laughs> and so... Uh, and then it says, on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. 
I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Maybe you're here and today and then you don't know much about this salvation and you're not certain that you are saved. You can leave here certain that you're saved. <clears throat> because this promise has been kept and, and, and it, it may be even right now that the Holy Spirit's working on you. Working on your heart. And you begin to realize I don't have a relationship with this God. And I don't know where I'll spend eternity and, and, and I need God in my life even right now. Well, here's the good news. You call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Amen. Amen. Well, what is required? Well, we're going to touch on that. Peter begins to, to preach a sermon. And in his sermon, he preaches of the crucifixion of Jesus. Verse 23, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified him and put him to death. He begins to speak of the crucifixion of Jesus. Then he speaks of the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 24, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Why? Because he's God. Amen. Amen. He died for me and you, and he rose again to prove he is God. He is God. So he rose from the dead because death couldn't hold him. And Peter keeps preaching the message. And he comes back around again to the resurrection. Verse 31. The force, uh, he, got foreseeing this, spoke concerning resurrection of Christ, that his soul <clears throat> would not be left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, by which we are all witnesses. The resurrection is an essential part of the gospel message. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, with the mouth, this is important, with confession, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, but the resurrection is an essential part of salvation. And so, Peter keeps preaching the resurrection. Jesus is raised from the dead. And then he goes on to say, verse 20, or 32, this Jesus God raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted, now this is called the ascension. We have the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, and now the ascension. This Jesus got exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the what? Promise. promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit he poured out this which you now see and hear. Here's what Peter's saying. He's, he's preaching a sermon, man. He is preaching the word. And Peter's up there preaching. And he says, we witnessed this crucifixion. We witnessed this resurrected Jesus. And now what you're witnessing today is that right now in heaven, Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he is pouring out this gift upon us gift of the Holy Spirit. And he's not a it. He is the Holy Spirit. He is, he has, he has person and he is, uh, he has emotions. The Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. 
You can be quenched. The Bible says don't quench the Holy Spirit. But, but Jesus, he, he pours out upon us this great gift from heaven. Verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. He, he, he kind of lays it down at their feet. You did it. <laughs> he, he ain't beating around the bush. Whom you crucified, God has made him Lord and Christ, the Messiah. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? We need to do something. Praise God. They, they, they've heard the gospel for the first time in their lives. And they recognize they need to do something. Amen. Sometimes we hear the gospel and it takes us time after time after time after time. Hearing the gospel over and over and over again. And it may be that we even grow deaf to it. But they, the first time they heard the gospel said, we need to do something about it. He said, that's right. You do. And the first word of the gospel is this. Repent. repent. It's the first word of the gospel that Peter said to them. Repent. It's the first thing John the Baptist said. He said, repent. The first thing Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And here's the good news of the gospel. You were born with an independent and rebellious nature that wanted to go your way and do your thing. Maybe you thought that we all did, that uh, God was just kind of in the background, but I, I know what I want for my life. And my way will be the best way. And I know. But what I ran into was the knowledge that I'm a sinner. And I had, I had judgment looming over my head that because God is holy and, and heaven's a holy place, I was not holy and I was in danger. But what I ran into was the love of God. And he called me to repent. See, it's, a, it's an old military term. We, we don't use it nowadays in the, in the military, but it was an old term. And, and today, we would, we would be marching, and, and instead of saying halt, about face, forward march, instead of doing all that, it, you, you're moving in one direction. They say, to the rear, march, and then you just go that way. That's a picture. Are you following me? And so it used to be the old word, repent, move. That's how that's done. I don't know if y'all follow me. Don't stop and ponder on it. Turn and go. Right. Amen. Don't stop and think about it. Turn and move. He said, repent, every one of you. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. For the, here's that word again. Promise is to you. So to those original 120 that was in that upper room and then to the, the 3,000 on this day. I don't know if y'all noticed that that's church growth right there. That's church growth. We have 120 Christians that morning. And that evening we have 3,120 Christians. We better start the discipleship program. Sunday school just got long. And so the promise is to you, those 3,000. To your children, amen, and to all who are afar off. That's me and you. This was 2,000 years ago, and that promise is still to us today. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All of us who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And so we recognize Jesus said, I need you to stay in Jerusalem until you're endued with the power. Endued with the power. 
The question I'm asking for you uh, to ask yourselves this morning is what's the purpose of the outpouring? What's the purpose of the outpouring? It's one thing to get up and, and, and just preach uh, theology or, or, or just give knowledge and information, but you need to constantly be asking yourself, but why? But why? What's that got to do with me? And so here we come and celebrate Pentecost and you need to ask yourself this morning, but what, that's, what does that have to do with me? That happened all those years ago. Well, there is a purpose in the outpouring and it still does reach us, those who, of us who are 2,000 years away from that event. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter three. In Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, it says, now to him who is able, amen, he's able. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ever ask or think. Now, I can ask for a lot of stuff. And I can think pretty big. God says, your big old thinkings are little bitty compared to my big old doings. <laughs> Amen. And so, so uh, you know, it used to be that I couldn't imagine at this church, we'd be preaching three services and the house would be full. That was bigger than I could ask or think. I was just asking for a building. We were over there in that little brick building. And, and, and you remember Brother Kerry and we were just, we, we just didn't know if it was any possibility of actually having another piece of land and, and that God would, but we were believing and we were asking and we were thinking, and I want to tell you what's going on now. We have three services and this next service will have four baptisms. We have, by, I mean, amen. Right over about every Sunday morning over in that little brick building that used to be the church, there's about a hundred children. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I couldn't think that big, but when he blessed beyond my asking and thinking, you know what that did for my faith? Now I'm asking even bigger. Now I'm asking for even more. He said, for whatever you can ask or think, I can do abundantly above it. Now look at what it says. All that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. In us. He said, you, you linger there in Jerusalem until the power. You're endued with the power. And, and, and is the power only for what happened that day? Is there something more? Absolutely there is. Absolutely there is. What's the purpose of the power? What's the purpose of the outpouring? He says, according to more, even more than you can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory. I want you to catch these next three words. In the church. In the church, I realize the church can be frustrating. I realize people can get sick of churches. And I realize that, that churches are full of people. <laughs> I always said ministry would be awesome if it wasn't for people. <laughs> it is people. And you know what? We're flawed people. And flawed people do things that hurt us. Now I realize that sometimes the church can get messy and, and, can, and there can be issues, but, but to think that I want to follow Christ and not walk with the church, God says, that don't even make sense. That ain't even, it does not even enter the mind of God. 
that you can be outside of the body of Christ, the, the, the unity, the, the, the togetherness of Christians and just do your own thing as a lone ranger. That does not enter into the mind of God. He says it this way, to him who can do above abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think, to him be the glory in the church. In the church. By Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 How do, what, what is the purpose of his outpouring? The, this is the truth of the gospel. He poured out on them in order that he might pour out of them. You get it? You get it? That's the power. He poured out on them in order that he might pour out of them. Because here's what Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4. He says, if you're thirsty, come to me. I'll give you, I'll give you full, full satisfaction. Because you're thirsty for something spiritual. You're trying to fill it with physical means, but you're thirsty for something spiritual. And, and sister, I'm the source. And she came to salvation that day. And so there was, a, there was something working now within her. But three chapters later in John chapter 7, Jesus messes up the Jewish festival in which they were celebrating water and praying for more water and they were wanting rain. And, and so they would take a pitcher of water. The priest would take a pitcher of water and they'd go all the way up the hill, the temple mount, and they would pour that water out at the top of the temple mount. And that water would run all the way down the temple, back down into the pool. And they would take that water up there and all, every day of this festival. They would pour the water out, pray to God that he would bring the rains, the water would come down. And then on the great day of that festival in John chapter 7, on the day that, that was kind of the, 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 the building up to this day, on the great day of the festival, Jesus just messed it up. They're doing their little ceremony. <laughs> They're walking up with the water and Jesus said, hey, if you're thirsty, come to me. Don't you know those Jewish leaders is just mad as fire. He says, if you're thirsty, come to me and living water will pour out of you. Out of you will flow streams of living water. And don't let this mess up your theology. But Jesus is not the living water. This is interesting. This sometimes will get people a little confused and flustered. But Jesus never claimed to be the living water. He is the source of the living water. I have, I, have a, I have water here, but there is the container, and then there's the water. If I go out there to that water fountain, and, and I get me a drink of the water, am I drinking the fountain? No, I'm drinking from the fountain, from the source. Jesus is the source of the living water. Read it in John chapter 7. He spoke thus concerning the Holy Spirit. What it says, read it. It says, all you who are thirsty, come to me, drink of me. Out of you will flow fountains of living water. He spoke thus concerning the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the source. The Spirit is the supply. Jesus is the source. You won't get the supply unless you come to the source. The fountain. He is the fountain. Amen. He's the fountain of living water. He's the source. But the Spirit is the supply. Why did he pour out on them? In order that he might pour out of them. 
And, and so we read this in the, in the book of Ephesians says that we have this power within us to do what? To do what? I'm going to turn, uh, let's look in Luke chapter 4 to do the exact same things he did. You need to get what Jesus got in order to do what Jesus did. At Jesus' baptism, before he began his ministry, he's there in the Jordan River and, and he's being baptized by John the Baptist and lights upon him a, a, a picture of a dove. The symbol, the likeness of a dove, but it wasn't a dove. It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lit upon Jesus. And, and, and then he begins to do the work of ministry. This is why Jesus told his disciples, you need to make sure you're filled with the Holy Spirit before you get out there. You, may, you need to make sure that you're filled with the Holy Spirit before you get out there. And so I, I love as he did begin his ministry, he preaches his first sermon that we know of in his hometown of Nazareth. And he walks in that, uh, that synagogue and, and, and as there's their custom, you can, uh, a, a, a traveling a minister can, can share. And so he pulls out the scroll of Isaiah, opens up that scroll and reads this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus, now that he is powered with the Holy Spirit, he says, this is what it's for. There's people hurting. And God wants them to be healed. Those people, there are people oppressed and God wants them to be set free. And there's people who are lost and God wants them to be saved. Amen. And so in order for us to do what Jesus did, we need to get what Jesus got. And so Jesus said, the spirit is upon me to do this. What's the purpose of the outpouring? It is that his good healing, rescuing, delivering kingdom can expand in this world that's full of hurt, that's full of habits, that's full of hangups. He wants, he wants his, he is on a rescue mission. And then here's what he tells us. He says, y'all can do more than I did. Now, when I was a kid, I tried to walk on water. It didn't work. How am I supposed to do more than he did? How am I supposed to do more than Jesus did? This is the son of God. How am I? No, he didn't mean me individually. He meant us collectively. I want you to catch that. He didn't mean that the ministers uh, that we are supposed to be doing. No, he, he said it's, it's all of us. He meant that we all be doing the work of the ministry. He meant that we, that's, that's why they all were together in one accord and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could all go out and spread the kingdom of God. Amen. Always good. He's good. Do you know the purpose of the outpouring? He poured out on them in order that he might pour out of them. And on us, he pours out on us in order that he might pour out of us. Because there's a hurting bunch of folks out there. There's people that are so wrapped up in bondage. They're so wrapped up in darkness that they don't see any way out. I want to tell you the way out. It's Jesus. 
It's Jesus. He wants to rescue them. He wants to deliver them. He wants to free them. He wants to bind up or, or, or hug on that broken heart. He wants to set those spiritual eyes that are blind. He wants them to be open. And that they might see the truth of God's word. That they might see the truth of God's love. He wants to love them through you. Amen. And you are equipped and empowered to do the work of the ministry, child of God. You got everything you need. So, oh, no, no, no. I need to go to seminary, don't I? Well, I hadn't. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> well, I, I, I need to learn more about this, this scripture. We'll get after it. But, but as of now, take what you do know. The Lord will give you the words. The Lord will give you the words to speak. I'm going to close with this. I say it a lot. It was a life-changing event for me. Me, me and Caleb were in a deer stand, and he was about, about that old. <laughs> and I remember praying, Lord, pour out on me. Lord, would you pour out on me? If you'll pour out on me, then I will pour out on others. And I remember it, it, was, it was such an awesome event. He, he took me to a passage of scripture and Proverbs and, and, and Caleb never knew anything happened. He's sitting right next to me. It's not like, it's not like the wind blew and the fire landed. It was, well, that scares off deer, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but what happened was God impacted my heart that day. And he's like, no, you pour out and I'll pour in. That's how this works. You pour out and I'll pour in. You go and speak and then I'll give you the words. You go and serve and then I'll give you the ability. And then that night he, he gave me a dream. No, no, no. He gave me a vision. <laughs> he gave me a vision. <laughs> I'm sorry. I misspoke. <laughs> he gave me a vision. Old men have dreams. Young men have visions. He gave me a vision. And, and in my vision, there's this bucket. And this, this bucket, it, it, it had a lid on it. And, and with that lid, and I actually created one of these and we, we showed it in church one time. Uh, the, they had also had a valve and, and you open up that valve and the water just kind of kind of trickled out. But then when you open the lid, yeah. it began to flow. <clears throat> Would you just get the lid off, please? And as you flow out, he'll fill you up. Amen. As you flow out, he'll fill you up. He poured out on them in order that he might pour out of them. And he poured out on us in order that he might pour out of us because he wants the world to know that he's a good God. And he's come to save them. He's come to rescue them. Father God, I thank you that you are so good. The world needs to know it. Oh, Satan tells us lies. God's trying to take your life. No, this good God's trying to give us life to the abundant life and you're asking us as a church we might go and share the good news the gospel we might see people rescued set free delivered healed you poured out on us or that you might pour out of us that's the purpose that's the purpose of Pentecost Lord, may we live out your purpose. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to worship the Lord together. Maybe God's laid something on your heart. You can come down and you and the Lord spend some time together. Maybe you want the church to do what the church does and our prayer team will be at the front on either end. And maybe you need something, the touch of God in your life. And they will pray with you and we'll see God work there. Maybe you're here and you say, man, God sounds good, but I don't think I know him. I don't know that I have salvation. Please don't leave here with that question lingering in your heart. You need to know, you need to know. So as we worship, you come.